Thank you for tuning in to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. We're a church in Lakewood, Washington, and whether you're listening from around the corner or from around the world, we're glad that you're here. We hope this sermon equips you to be the Christian the world needs today. If you'd like to learn more about us, head on over to lakewoodgrace.com. And now, for this week's sermon. And uh, we will be looking at why we do what we do. And the title of the sermon is How God Shows Up. The text is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Simple little verse, but pretty profound. Where Jesus says, in the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds. And glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, you know, I saw a tweet the other day that I thought was quite clever. And so we'll start with that. It said, hey, thanks for teaching me the meaning of plethora. It means a lot. (laughs) Hey, this is Vision Sunday. Uh, And we do this three times a year to remember why we at the Little Church and Lakewood Grace do what we do. Why do we do what we do? Why is this important? And as you heard, uh, this this is the launch of our fall ministry. Small groups are launching, little kids ministries, youth ministries, choir, music ministries. We're fully back in session. So why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? Because the local church engaged in the ministry of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. You know what people are saying when they walk through those doors and come to church? They are hoping against hope that there is some truth to this Christianity thing. That there is truth to this God thing. They are hoping against hope that God can change the world. That Jesus can forgive their sins. That the Holy Spirit can empower them to live a life of meaning and purpose. They are pleading, move me, scare me, frighten me, anger me, challenge me, change me. Just don't leave me the same pathetic me that walked through those doors. Do something in me. And it's not just the people outside the church walls who are experiencing this. For some of you, church life is nothing new. We've been at it for decades. And we've been going to church long enough, going through the motions of singing our songs and mouthing the words of the prayers, knowing full well that what we do here on Sunday mornings for an hour doesn't make a slight difference, slightest difference in our lives, nor in our communities that we live in. And the week after week, as we keep mouthing these songs, these words, these meaningless words, we can't help but die a little as the firestorm of hope whittles away. And in time, we find ourselves sitting in church wondering, God, are you even there?
Is there any truth to this Christianity thing? And just for once, just for once, we want to know what it's like to throw ourselves fully into something that matters, something that makes a difference in, in the world. We want to know the exhilarating joy that comes from living the life that is actually winning the war against the darkness. We desperately long to see the power of the resurrection, the hope of eternal life being played out in our lives. We want to see, and we don't want to just hear or read about the stories of the Old and the New Testament. God, if this thing doesn't happen now, what's the point? We want to see you show up, God. Please show up. The local church engaged in the ministry of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. The local church engaged in Christ's ministry is the hope of the world because the local church is the place where lost people get found, where found people grow up in their faith. The local church is the place where Christian men and women give and serve to the ministry of Jesus Christ, to the mission of Christ, so that God is actually changing the world through sent People, the local church is the place where the hopeless find light, where the lonely get plugged into loving families, where the needy get their needs met. The local church is the place God makes broken families whole, strengthens shaky marriages, frees people from addictions, delivers people out of darkness, and brings relief and release to those who have been held captive to mental and spiritual anguish. And if that's not the local church of Jesus Christ, then we're just wasting our time. This is Vision Sunday. And so I have a very simple goal today. I am going to convince you, try to convince you, to completely reorient your priorities and commit to three things. Commit to worship. Commit to small groups, relationships, and commit to serving. You know, the question then is, James, dude, why in the world would I do that? Do you know my week is like crazy busy? Do you know how, how stressful my week already is? We're all busy people here. We've got lives to live. We've got games to go to. We've got hobbies to pursue. We've got jobs and careers. We have children running around all over the place. Do you know how hard it is just to get to church once a week? And you're going to ask me to add small groups and ask add service projects to that? Listen, I'm not asking that. I'm not asking you to add anything. I am asking because I think what Jesus asks us to do is, church, if you are a disciple, completely reorient your thinking. We're not adding Christ to your busy life. You are changing your mindset so that you seek first the kingdom of God. What's so hard about seeking first the kingdom of God? And once you add kingdom of God, then you can add anything else. You're not adding Jesus and his kingdom into your busy life. Change your priorities. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. 
And then if you can fit in baseball games and fit in Seahawks games, kids' schedules or whatever, then you can add those in. You're not adding Christ to your already busy life. Christ is saying, reorient your thinking, your priorities. Why should we do that, James? That sounds crazy. Why in the world would we do that? Well, today's text, God says, let your light shine before others so that when they hear your good words, they will glorify the Father in heaven. You know, because we're really good at words, the church. The text is crystal clear. Jesus says, look, you will shine my light before others when they see your good deeds. When you start showing up, demonstrating my works, then the world will glorify the Father who is in heaven. You know, uh, I trust that most of us would love for God to show up. I know I do. When I read the miracles of the Old and the New Testament, I'm like, come on, dude. Come on, just show up, will you? I want to see this happen in Lakewood. I want to see the darkness get pushed back. I want to see evil defeated. I want to see addictions get annihilated. I want to see more light. Come on, God, make this happen, right? We want God to show up. So, so here's the question. How does God show up? I mean, how does God show up? And how do you want God to show up for you? And so here's some possible answers. Um, maybe a sign in the clouds. Is that how we want it? I'm going to completely reorient my life and my priorities because I saw a sign. The clouds told me to do so. Is that what we're expecting? That God shows up through the clouds? Or perhaps a voice. I heard a voice. And your spouse is wondering, dude, what's gotten into you? Why are you changing so many things? You're living differently and your friends are like, what's gotten into you? What's wrong with you? Are you really going to say, I heard a voice. A voice told me to Put the kingdom of God first. Or that you saw an angelic figure who told you, is that what you're going to say? And caveat, please, if you're hearing voices, we need to talk, okay? Because <laughs> we got other issues besides this God thing. You need to come and see me and we'll get you help. So how does then God show up? You know, when you look through this book, with the exception of literally handfuls of people throughout all of human history, every single time God shows up to bless someone, to encourage someone, to inspire someone, to love someone, to be generous to someone, you know how God shows up? Through people. Through God's people. It's always God's people who shows up 
and they love, they embrace, they welcome, they encourage, they smile, they love, and they, they're generous. And when God's people show up to be generous like that, it's other people who are like, wow, God showed up for me today. I needed that smile. I needed that word of encouragement. I needed that story. I needed for someone to tell me I'm not alone struggling in this world with this divorce, with this depression, that there is hope. I needed to hear that word. And you know how people experience God? It's through people. Always through people. So what happens when God's people don't show up? What happens if God's people say, the Seahawks are on today? What happens if God's people say, I'd much rather stay home. I'm, I'm already too busy. I've already got too many things to do to sign up for another s small group. Man, do you even know how busy we are right now to prioritize worship or a service project? Are you kidding me? So what happens when God's people don't show up in the lives of other people? When that happens... God doesn't show up. If you stay in isolation, if you don't show up, two things are guaranteed. Number one, you will miss out on God. Because, you see, if you don't show up, how is God going to speak to you? If you don't show up in worship, how is God going to speak to you? Do you want a sign? Do you want a voice? Do you want an angel? How is God going to speak to you if you don't show up? And if you don't show up in small groups and in relationships, how is God going to embrace you, to, to encourage you, to smile at you, and to serve with you? How is God going to show up if you don't show up in relationships and in service projects? How in the world is God going to show up for you if you don't show up. It's when you're unloading the trailer, when you're setting up these tables, you talk about your week and you hear about how difficult things are at home for Dr. Ryan. Dr. Ryan, where are you? He's somewhere. And, you, and then you all of a sudden you start encouraging him and say, hey man, I'll be praying for you. And it's through those encounters as you're serving, as you're bumping Shoulder to shoulder with somebody in small groups. And as, as you hear about somebody talking about the, how difficult life has been through their divorce. But you know through prayer and through people supporting them that they, they encounter God. And you hear that word and you're like, I am not alone in my hardships. How in the world are you going to hear that God is working in this world if you don't show up to hear those stories? If you don't show up in worship, in mission, in service, and in small groups, first thing guaranteed, you're going to miss out on God. The second thing that will happen, and this is even more painful, is that you will never know the exhilarating joy of God using your story, your smile, 
your embrace, your service to bless others. You'll never know. You know why? You never showed up. You watched the stinking Seahawks game. And they suck. They're going to suck this year. I'm thinking maybe four wins. And you're going to give your time to that? You know how much typical football game is? Three hours. You can do worship, small group, and serve in three hours. God's not saying, add me. He's saying, change your priorities, disciples. Because you just may be the exact person somebody needs today to hear from as you share your story regarding your journey. But you'll never know because you never showed up. You just may be the exact person that another needed when you showed up with your smile and your embrace. And you didn't even know you were doing it. You didn't even know you were doing a God thing. But they desperately needed somebody to just smile at them and embrace them and say, welcome. And God showed up for them. But you will never know because you never showed up. God can't bless you, love you, speak to you unless you show up. And God can't use you to bless or love or speak to another unless you show up. So I know it's a commitment. I know for some of you it's a bit of a stretch. But I want you to do it anyway. Because that's how God shows up. God shows up through his people. And if his people don't show up, God's not showing up in this world. And the people are like, and the world is like, why would we even consider this God thing? It's not even real. It's not real because they haven't seen it. It's not real. And they haven't seen it because God's people are absent. You got to show up. And why should you do that? Why should you prioritize the kingdom over all other things? Why? Because nothing else transfers from this world to eternity. Remember at the end of Schindler's List, for those of you who've seen that movie, where Schindler's looking at his cufflinks, gold cufflinks, and he's thinking, that cufflink could have saved three more Jews. He's looking at his suit, his car, and he's thinking, there's 15 more people. And he's thinking, I wasted it. I'm here to tell you, don't waste your life on insignificant things. Things that you'll look back and say, so stupid. I could have chosen 
eternal things. And I watched the stupid, stinking game. Don't waste your life. And I'm not saying don't watch the Mariners because they're rocking it. (laughs) But you add the Mariners to the kingdom. You don't add the kingdom to the Mariners' schedule. That's the difference. So show up and worship, guys. So good job today. Check one. You got to sign up for a small group because God's going to bless you, love you, and speak to you in these relationships. And you know what? God's going to use you to bless someone, encourage someone. So you got to sign up. If you don't show up, you'll never experience that. And lastly, you got to sign up to serve. You got to make a difference. God's gifted every one of you. These chairs, tables, flags, equipment, none of this sets up on its own. Somebody did it. You got to show up. Serve. Find your capacity. All right. Let me close with this. When you choose to reorient your life to kingdom principles so that God can show up through you, Guaranteed, this is what's going to happen next. When you say, okay, I'm going to commit to worship. I'm signing up for a small group. I'm going to find a place to serve. When you choose to be a part of God's kingdom ministry, the next thing that's going to happen is at some point, the devil's going to show up. And he's going to whisper in your mind, Who are you trying to kid? Who do you think you are? Look, I know, I know, on Sundays you can, you can put on your Sunday best and, or whatever we do here, and, and you can fool people into thinking you're all that. But come on. I know you. And you think, God's going to use you? You? You think God's going to use you? Who do you think you are? So when that happens, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, in Jesus' name, shut up, devil. You tell that voice to shut up. just remember this as we read this book here's what this book tells us Noah was a drunk Abraham was too old Isaac was a daydreamer Jacob was a liar Leah was ugly Joseph was abused Moses had a stuttering problem Gideon was afraid Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. 
David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran away. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Five times Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. And Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. Are you kidding me? If God can use the likes of these people, God can use you. You're not here by accident. God brought you here because God wants to bless you, love you, and speak to you. And then God says, I want to use you to bless others to love others, to serve others. But God can't use you if you don't show up. Three things, three ways. You got to show up in worship. You got to show up in small groups and relationships. That's where we get to swap stories. And lastly, you got to serve. We need you to serve. So Jesus says, church, let your light shine before others so that when they see your good deeds, they will glorify the Father who is in heaven. Let us pray. Hey, God, thank you so much for, man, not only do you want to love us and bless us, You want us to be a blessing, holy cow. You want us to be your love agents, kingdom agents. Wow. Thank you, God. And you're just asking, show up. You got to be present in order for me to use you. Show up. So, God, we're not adding the kingdom. We're not adding Jesus to anything. We're prioritizing Jesus. We're prioritizing the kingdom. And then we're going to try to fit in other things. But we're not adding you to anything. You are priority number one. And I pray that that may be so for the little church in Lake of Grace. Because, man, God, we want you to show up to kick butt over the darkness, over evil. We want you to show up, God, so that the stories of the Old and the New Testament are not just stories of long ago, but they're the story of us, the story of me, the story of Lake of Grace. May that be our reality. Thank you, God. Receive our worship. It's in your son's name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Thank you again for listening to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and then head on over to lakewoodgrace.com slash connect where you'll find a link to contact us or you can fill out a communication card. Have a wonderful week. God bless.